Talk Radio. Oh, mine's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. Black swan. It is the favorite New World Order term. The New World Order would have us believe that a black swan event is an unfortunate event created by the Russians, MAGA domestic terrorists, or anonymous hackers. Not a looming premeditated war game genocidal treasonous act by an establishment fueled by the insanity of a totalitarian eugenicist movement that is now careening off the tracks. Like Event 201, with its strategic vaccination culling. The scenario you will be presented with this morning could easily become one shared reality uh, one day. I fully expect uh, that we will be confronted by a fast-moving, highly lethal pandemic of a respiratory pathogen. COVID-19 mRNA genetic injections have killed 17 million people. Yep. Absolutely stunning. Can you please tell us more about the paper? That's the global number. Uh, We studied many countries in Latin America and in the equatorial region. So we have a representative sample of the world, we believe. Many injections, it's what, it's 10% 10%. of the world population, 9% of injections or the other way around. So the number we extract from our analysis allows us, we, we calculate the toxicity of the vaccine for all ages. And the number allows us, given the number of doses that have been given worldwide, to conclude that 17 million people would have been killed by this vaccine. And having it by time, like by week or by month, and by age group means that you can actually see when there's a rollout of a booster, for example, which happens very quickly in time for a given age group, you can actually see immediately following it a maximum in the all-cause mortality. So an excess mortality actual peak that's temporally associated with that rollout. And we see that repeatedly for each rollout. Consistently across all countries. All the countries that have sufficient data where you're able to look at it and you have both the vaccine data and the mortality data, this is what we see. There's a little company called Segan that no one's ever heard of, and they are developing a new type of cancer drug called an ADC. It's like a chemotherapy drug that's designed to specifically target cancer cells while sparing healthy cells. Well, this company's been losing a lot of money, and Pfizer just bought them for 40 $3 billion and admitted that they expect over $10 billion in revenue due to a massive rise in cancer over the next coming years. Now, gee, I wonder what possibly could be that Pfizer knows is going to increase the cancer rates. It couldn't be the Pfizer vaccine for COVID that had so many cancer-causing agents, including the SV40 simian virus that was found in the old polio vaccine that gave over 100 million people cancer. The globalists have already clearly telegraphed that they are behind an inevitable black swan event, and the rabbit hole is deep. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. 
and they're not making a secret of it. Larry Fink of BlackRock sent a letter out to the world saying that ESG is a priority for the asset manager and really was looking to encourage companies to embrace ESG. I believe there will be a future, Eric, that all investments are going to be looked through sustainability. The concept of providing Canadians with a universal basic income has sparked significant debate on if UBI is a viable solution for ensuring financial security. The EU is investigating Elon Musk's ex, formerly known as Twitter, while the bloc's regulator is probing the social media platform for its suspected failure to counter illicit content and disinformation, a lack of advertising transparency, and what it calls a suspected deceptive design of the user interface. And of Homeland Security, the FBI, and law enforcement. All right, folks, you can find and share that full video at band.video. It's latest from John Bound, the NWO's 2024 Black Swan Tell. That's an exclusive report, again, at InfoWars.com and band.video. We are live again this Wednesday morning. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. We will be back on the other side for your daily dispatch. A lot of news to cover today, folks. Good Lord, there's a lot of news. So stay with us. It's going to be a big one. It's Wednesday, January 3rd in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time. All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to my first show of 2024. This is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Thank you to Chase Geyser for filling in for me. Ready to hit the ground running here in the new year. We'll be taking your calls today, primarily with the new year in focus. What do you think lies ahead? And what do you think we should be doing to counter the disasters we know that are coming down the pipeline? Hope everybody had a good New Year's break, if you got one. I had a, I had a, I had a lovely time over the weekend. Also had some very interesting conversations that maybe I'd like to get into a little bit later. We'll save it for later. I'll save it for later. But I was at a, uh, I was at a wedding all weekend. And, you know, it's, it's nice to have the opportunity to chat with normies every once in a while. No offense to my good friends. They're a little bit lost. They're a little bit lost. And uh, I'll just, just really quickly... Just really quickly, I was having this one conversation, and I brought up the fact that the American government sold crack cocaine to ghettos in L.A. in the 80s to illustrate a different point. Like, I was just bringing this up as an example to illustrate a larger point of what was going on, but they'd never heard of that. And again, sort of struck with this, like, it's like the, the iceberg, the conspiracy pyramid and the, you know things like US government selling crack to black communities it's like way it's like really very very shallow on the depth of the iceberg chart but people still don't know and again we're reminded every once in a while with like people like Bill Maher having no idea who Klaus Schwab is or what the World Economic Forum is and it's like right we have a lot of we have a lot of work to do here because this is just the bare minimum you should know but anyway, I brought that up, and, and the person I was talking to was saying, like, they kind of didn't believe me, and I, was, I just had to be like, no, this is like a, just a 
regularly accepted thing. Like I brought this up as an example of something that is just well known. It's proven. There have been mainstream media reports and congressional hearings. It was part of a Grand Contra. People went to jail. Like this is not speculation. It's not a conspiracy theory. It just it just happened. It's just something that happened. So you should know about it and, and think about it probably and, and the maybe implications behind it. But their response to this was like, isn't that a isn't that a like isn't that a scared way to live? That's what she said to me. Is like to to she said, like, when you think that the government is doing that type of stuff to you, isn't that just like a scared way? To, aren't you just like living in fear kind of thing? And it's just like it's not really up to me whether or not to believe this. It's just true. It's just something that is true. It's just something that the government did. The The fearful thing is to be so scared of the implications or so overwhelmed by the reality that you refuse to accept what is true. I'm not motivated by fear when I understand something that is true that the government did. It's like saying, aren't you living in fear by not walking around in a rainstorm with a big metal pole? It's like, no, you just know that lightning strikes tall metal objects. That's just the thing. That's just the reality. You're not living in fear by just recognizing the reality going on around you, especially when the reality consists of perhaps dangers that you or your family or community could face. But I had a number of uh, interesting conversations that, again, helped me to maybe reorient where we are in the information war and what's needed to expand awareness and awakening uh, throughout the population. And it's like so annoying. I thought I really thought we were the point that we were like beyond talking about things like the government selling crack to black communities. Like this is just, I thought we, I thought everybody knew that at this point, but no, apparently not. Apparently not. So apparently we have a lot more work to do than I previously expected. But that's all right. The awakening is still happening. And that conversation itself, I hope, did some small part in progressing the awareness of people of just the sheer level of evil that we're up against. It is kind of scary knowing that your government would deliberately destroy an entire community. On top of that, it's even more upsetting that they would throw you in prison for doing the thing that they helped to orchestrate. Even more so than that, they were doing it in order to make money to sell weapons to carry out conflicts across the world it's like the layers of evil that you're dealing with i, I they're a little, I, I admit they're a little bit scary it's a little bit scary but it's far scarier to me to not know that these things are going on like you know treading water over a lake where you just don't even know how deep it is or don't know anything's in it. I'd rather know. I'd rather know what we're up against so we can face it and confront it and deal with it than just live in ignorant bliss while the dangers swirl around us unseen. With that, let's begin today as we do every day with our Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 3rd of January, 2024. Harvard president quits. Here's a headline from AP News. Claudine Gay resignation highlights new conservative weapon. That's right, folks. It's a new conservative weapon, plagiarism. Uh, we're going to get into this story. I, I'm, again, just almost left dizzy 
with the way this is being covered and, and talked about. Apparently, this was a partisan attack by conservatives, and uh, it brought about the downfall of this DEI-loving president of Harvard, Claudine Gay. Obviously, it had nothing to do with conservatism or DEI or conservative opposition to the path academia is headed down. If that was the case, then, well, every president of every university would be on the chopping block. And this would have happened years ago. No, for years, conservatives have been bemoaning and complaining and condemning the blatant hatred and division and socialism and communism being pumped out by the university system. And nothing has happened. There's been no reaction. There's been no care, concern, or positive development from conservative interests. No, this has to do with her not being Zionist enough. And you know this is the case because the person that she's been replaced with, the interim president, believes everything she did in terms of DEI and anti-conservative messaging. He just also is a Zionist. So it's just we've gone from – Somebody with a 97% completion rate, 97% complicity rate for the approved beliefs to 99 or 100%. It's that that measly 1% to 3% of disagreement that the current world order cannot stand. And, of course, that's why she was removed, and we'll get more into that later. Meanwhile, Trump appeals Maine Secretary of State ballot ban to state superior court. President Trump appealed the Maine Secretary of State Shenna Bellows 2024 ballot ban to the state superior court on Tuesday, and we'll get into this a little bit more later. Former President Trump's legal team on Tuesday appealed Maine Secretary of State Shenna Bellows' ruling that deemed him ineligible from appearing on the state's GOP primary ballot to Maine Superior Court, the state's top trial court. Again, we'll get into this. Long story short, uh, this woman unilaterally removed Donald Trump from the ballot because she's a leftist activist who just did it. She just did it. I mean, whatever method they want to use to do it, they're going to do it. And we'll get into not just the one in Maine, but of course, this happened in Colorado. It's been reversed because he's appealed it to the Supreme Court. And we'll get into what the Democrats want to do to the Supreme Court. For just the mere possibility that the Supreme Court might not decide on their side, might not be in favor of some random woman removing the de facto presidential candidate from the ballot. Uh, And if the Supreme Court doesn't capitulate to this completely undemocratic activity, then the Democrats will probably pack and or destroy it. Because they're tyrants, because they're psychopathic tyrants, folks. Please listen to me very carefully. If you don't have enough vitamin D3 in your body, which particularly happens in the winter months because sun and your skin produce vitamin D3 naturally, if you don't have enough vitamin D in your body, you will get viral infections and the viruses will replicate in your body. That's the number one cause of viral infection and viral replication and illness. Vitamin D3 is so incredibly important. We have the highest quality organic vitamin D3 back in stock, winter sun, for 40% off with free shipping and double Patriot points for the new year. So this 2024, do the right thing. Protect yourself, protect your family. 
getwintersun at InfoWarsStore.com, and then more importantly, take it. It's the highest quality. Winter Sun, 40% off, free shipping, double Patriot points, InfoWarsStore.com. But whatever you do, get vitamin D3 organic and take it. Vitamin D3 is beyond critical. Get yours at InfoWarsStore.com today. Thanksgiving 2023 is here. And I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. And I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down while you still can at InfoWarsStore.com. Research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family, but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Continuing with our daily dispatch. From Infowars.com, U.S. national debt rises to 34 trillion dollars in a historic first ever. U.S. national debt has surged over $34 trillion for the first time in history, according to fiscal data published by the Department of the Treasury. As of December 29th, 2023, the U.S. national debt reached... Look at all those numbers. $34 trillion, $1 billion, $493 million, $655,565.48 and 48 cents. For the first time in history of the United States, the data showed on Tuesday. Just incredible. Earlier findings by the Congressional Budget Office indicated that the national debt would nearly double in scale over the next 30 years. Michael Peterson, the CEO of Peterson G. Peterson Foundation, a financial firm founded by the Nixon era Secretary of Commerce, noted in a statement that regardless of the new plan of the new year, the U.S. national debt standing, quote, remains on the same damaging and unsustainable path. 34 trillion dollars in debt but we always have a couple hundred billion to start wars in ukraine or sell weapons to israel or fund our own invasion at the southern border to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars a year meanwhile strike on hamas leader in lebanon since tensions spiking across the middle east The U.N. and France have called for restraint as fears of further escalation of the Israel-Gaza war around the region rise in wake of the strike on Hamas leader in Lebanon late on Tuesday. Saleh al-Arori, a senior official in Hamas's political bureau, was killed along with six others in the attack on the outskirts of Beirut. Israel has not taken responsibility, but concern was rising on Wednesday that the conflicts that the conflicts that its war with Hamas have sparked across the region could expand further. And it looks like That is almost certainly the case. It it almost looks like they want that to be the case. Almost. It's almost like any escalation since the very beginning has been purposeful, by design, easily avoidable, 
and yet nobody can do anything to stop it. And we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Finally, we have this. Jimmy Kimmel threatens to sue Aaron Rodgers for suggesting a connection to Jeffrey Epstein. Notorious woke late-night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel has strongly criticized New York Jets player Aaron Rodgers, issuing a threat to take legal action. Kimmel's response comes in the wake of Rodgers suggesting on ESPN's The Pat McAfee Show that Kimmel may have ties to the notorious Jeffrey Epstein. Kimmel said that Rodgers' quote, reckless words have endangered his family. He warned Rodgers to cease sh- such statements, emphasizing that further discussion on the matter might unfold in a court of law. He said, dear a-hole, for the record, I have not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we'll debate the facts further in court. That was uh, what Kimmel posted on X. I feel like he's missing an opportunity here. I feel like this is a way out, Kimmel. This is a great excuse. Embrace it. Even if it's not true, this is your chance to stop being an insufferable jackass and blame all of your previous actions on being blackmailed by Israeli intelligence or whoever Jeffrey Epstein worked for. I feel like that this is the perfect time. He's like, you're right. I'm not actually an insufferable liberal. I'm not actually such a just heinously off-putting putrid excuse of a man i all the all that stuff i've been saying for the last five years it's because of jeffrey epstein and i'm being blackmailed and they made me say all that stuff that's not me i'm not really the person that i appear to be over the last several years that was all an act that i was being forced to put on and now it's out in the open and a weight has been lifted on my shoulders and i can go back to being a normal uh funny good-natured person that doesn't openly despise my fellow americans at a deeply hateful level i think it's a good excuse i think it would be a good excuse it'd be a good time for jimmy kimmel to blame everything that he's done over the last four years on being blackmailed why not take that chance because otherwise if you're not on the epstein list and you're not being forced to behave the way that you are then you're just actually a bad person I guess those are the options. During the ESPN interview, Rogers implied that Kimmel was among the individuals who frequented Epstein's infamous private island, alleging allegedly taking advantage of the underage girls trafficked by Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Speculation has arisen regarding the impending release of an unredacted list of associates in the new year. And we'll get into some of those lists, some of the unredacted lists, some of the suspicious parts of the list. Is the list even anything new or has it been out forever? Does it really matter? That's my sort of take on it. It's like even if we've known this, this is a opportunity to, again, remind everybody who Jeffrey Epstein was, what he was up to, the level of connections that he had, how he didn't kill himself, how Ghislaine Maxwell is tied in through her father, Robert Maxwell, to the intelligence agencies as he was a triple agent at the time, the USSR. Uh, Israeli Mossad and British intelligence. How she seemed to actually have been teasing at one point while in hiding, posting a picture where she's reading a book about CIA assassinations, seemingly attempting to 
draw the CIA speculation into the narrative. It's a good excuse. It's a good chance to discuss some of these things. And some of the lists I've seen do have some novel information, some new information, including interesting references to some mysterious figures that haven't gotten a lot of attention before and also who all almost universally died mysterious deaths, either supposedly through suicide or very bizarre accidents. That would almost be an interesting exercise in and of itself is cross-referencing the names on the flight charters to unexpected and early demises. So we'll get into that a little bit later as well. And I feel like I feel like it's good to it's good to be back obviously, you know, even just missing a single day here. I feel like I, you know, it's like riding a bike, right? But you do, you feel like it's like I have I just haven't been here for a couple days and already I'm like what do I do again? Where do I plug my where do I plug my thing in? People like, whoa, what, what am I doing again? How do we, how do, we do this? It's like you got to get back in the swing of things. But it feels like now's the time to, like I said in the first segment, hit the ground running. And from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's, it's all sort of inconsistent. But now we're here. Now it's 2024. The road ahead of us is unbroken, straight, and frankly heading into unknown lands. So we're going to open up the phone lines a little bit later for your calls, get your input on what's been going on recently, but also what's ahead in 2024. And I do ask you to help us make 2024 the most successful year in InfoWars history, not just because we are emerging from the attacks that we've been under, the censorship that we've been under, a renaissance of sorts, a rebirth, Phoenix-like from the ashes. As InfoWars and Alex Jones are back on Twitter, it's an election year. I want this to be hugely successful, not just for InfoWars, but through InfoWars for the rest of America and the world. Support us at InfoWarsStore.com. The New Year's Mega Super Sale is on. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, This full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium-quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal. The story we're going to cover now, it's 
just one. Of, it's one of those stories that when you pay attention, you and you are watching the news from the beginning, you watch things unfold. It's a type of story that makes you feel insane because it exists in a maelstrom of insanity from the rest of society. Now, I don't know why people can't just report this honestly since we all saw the timeline take place. We all saw it unfold. Of course, talking about the the Harvard president quitting, Claudine Gay is her name. The way the AP News reports this is Harvard president quits, Claudine Gay resignation highlights new conservative weapon. So the way this is being framed is as if this was a conservative, right-wing, MAGA, America first movement to oust the Harvard president by using plagiarism as an excuse when really it's about DEI and leftist infiltration of the university and the academia system. What are they talking about? Do they, do people believe this? Like what? It's just one of those things where you go, this was about her not capitulating to the demands of the Zionists. Is, the, is anybody confused about that? This all stems, and the AP article itself, in the first sentence, acknowledges that this all stems from the congressional hearing where, as they put it, quote, she was unable to say unequivocally that calls on campus for the genocide of Jews would violate the school's conduct policy. That's not exactly how it went, actually. it, It really goes like this. For decades, the people funding universities, the contributors to the funds, the people in the government who get tax dollars for the university, I mean, it's all moved inexorably towards DEI, anti-white, critical race theory, leftist, identity politic, communism, and she represents sort of being at the forefront of that. Harvard, as probably the most prestigious university in America, was on the forefront and was the tip of the spear in this drive, and she fit in perfectly with that. And at every step of the way, she was vetted by committees and alumni and you know various organizations within Harvard. Every time they approved of her stances, every time they knew exactly who she was and what she believed and how she got to where she was, and they helped her move forward. They gave their approval moving forward. And despite years and years of conservative backlash against this, outcry against this, protesting against this, absolutely no shadow of, a, of hesitation has ever entered into the realms of academia in their onward drive towards communism. Like, never once has the outrage of Americans just infuriated, aghast, and, and appalled at the language coming out of organizations like Harvard. You just have to just search like Harvard anti-white or something, and it's just, you know, official Harvard publications, official Harvard newspapers, official Harvard courses, the abolishing whiteness and 
whiteness is a danger and must be destroyed. I mean, this has gone on and on and on, and everybody's known this, and everybody's been fine with it. And then October the 7th happened. Uh, October 7th happened in Israel, and Hamas attacked Israel. And then Israel responded with a bombardment campaign that, as of now, has killed upwards of 22,000 people, the majority of which are women and children, including over 10,000 children at this point. And in opposition to this and in solidarity with the people of Gaza, not necessarily the ones who are in or even supportive of Hamas and certainly not the ones that carried out the terrorist attack, but the ones being bombed relentlessly. Solidarity movements cropped up in universities around the country. And they would have slogans they would chant, one of which would be something like, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Which to the people chanting it, for the most part, means exactly what it says. The people of Palestine will be free, free from occupation, free from coercion, free from, you know, AI machine guns at gates blocking them into their neighborhoods. I want to see this. I haven't seen this story yet. Ibram X. Kinsey. But regardless, chanting things like uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Now, that statement is interpreted by some people, including congressmen, as a call to genocide. And so then they have a congressional hearing where they ask the university presidents, is it within campus policy to allow calls to genocide? Now, as far as I know, you can correct me here, there were never any demonstrations at heart. First of all, there were never any, I mean, nothing even close to like an official statement saying things like abolish Jewishness, you know, Jewishness, you know, your DNA is an abomination, like all the stuff that you see from official university publications about white people, just actually genocidal rhetoric from like university professors and people who design courses. Ignatev, I think was his name, Noel Ignatev or something, literally like abolishing whiteness. He's like, that's my life goal. And he was a tenured Harvard professor, like, you know, actual legitimate calls for genocide from actually university organs and publications. Nothing of the sort, even remotely like that in terms of calling for genocide of Jews. If anything, it came from just the students themselves gathering and protesting. But even in that case, you didn't have them out there in university, you know, the the Harvard Square in Boston chanting abolish Jewishness or, you know, death to all Jews nothing like that. Yeah, abolishing whiteness has never been more urgent. Noel Ignatiev showed us how. He showed us how, university professor. A little bit, little bit different here. But then the protests that actually occurred at Harvard, you didn't have them actually calling for genocide. You had them saying things like, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's interpreted as a call to genocide. Then she's asked, do you allow calls to genocide? And they're like, well, people are allowed to say whatever they want, and they're allowed to say, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Because that's the subjective interpretation if you say that that is therefore a call to genocide all Jews. Like, this doesn't make any sense. But as soon as that happened, that 
not just Claudine Gay, but she's actually the second university president to be forced out of her position, forced to resign as not just the media outrage over her failure to use university resources to silent student protest, silence uh, student protest, but also apparently she, she plagiarized something. I mean, it's just, it's, it has nothing to do with plagiarism. It has nothing to do with her being a DEI, a DEDIE, whatever, diversity, equity, and inclusion supporter. And we'll get into who is replacing her and, and how her replacement shows that this has nothing to do with conservative backlash or a push towards getting rid of DEI. Nothing of the case is happening. That will continue unabated. Now we'll just have Zionism and, and sort of the idea that white people are bad but Jews aren't white baked in to the university system forever. And anybody who strays from that prescribed belief uh, will be ousted. And how this can be portrayed as, as a conservative backlash or having anything to do with plagiarism. Like, does anybody really believe that? January 2024 is here, and that means up to 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com, free shipping, and double Patriot points. This is one of the biggest deals of the year, and it supports the InfoWar. And we're selling out a lot of these products, and it'll be months and months till more are back in stock. Whether it's books, films, t-shirts, you name it, you need to go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 New Year sale, double Patriot points, free shipping, and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists, and Launch the Next Great Renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless, and we're going into 2024 together. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. back folks yes we do have a lot of other topics to discuss including developments in israel and iran this morning a massive blast killed 
103 people and wounded 141 at a ceremony honoring slain general in Iran. As uh, Israel seems to be taking new directions in Gaza and taking the attack north to Lebanon and to Iran as, yes, it seems like they are choosing war throughout the entire region as we watch this absolute humanitarian catastrophe and what may very well eventually lead to a world war scenario in which hundreds of millions die and it's all just unfolding before us. And we'll get to that. We'll also get to some new invasion numbers, some new developments in Ukraine, some actually surprising and some other not so surprising but very disturbing developments in election fraud and the attempt to rig the election in 2024 by removing Trump from the ballot. A lot to discuss still ahead, but let's continue with just the bizarre way that the resignation of the Harvard president is being discussed in uh, mainstream media, even right-wing media. Again, from this AP article, the downfall of Harvard's president has elevated the threat of unearthing plagiarism, a cardinal sin in academia, as a possible new weapon in conservative attacks on higher education. (laughs) Claudine Gay's resignation Tuesday followed weeks of mounting accusations that she lifted language from other scholars in her doctoral dissertation and journal articles. The allegations surfaced amid backlash over her congressional testimony about anti-Semitism on campus. Oh, it's kind of a kind of a key part there, kind of a key aspect of this. It's kind of like it was never really about plagiarism in the first place. It's kind of like just whatever, just whatever needs to be used. And plagiarism, it's a convenient weapon, I guess. It's a convenient tool to be used. But it wasn't like she was discovered to be a plagiarist, and this is all unfolded after that. She refused to condemn and silence student protesters, and so she got a target on her back. And just like has happened with Elon Musk and Donald Trump and Alex Jones and so many others, they'll find whatever it takes to get rid of the person they want to get rid of. It has nothing to do with the actual reason they're getting rid of her. It's just the excuse they use. Just like the DA in New York doesn't actually care or even probably think that Donald Trump overvalued Mar-a-Lago. They couldn't care less. It was never an issue. But it's whatever they need to use to destroy Donald Trump. Just like the DOJ doesn't actually have a reason to pursue charges against SpaceX for their hiring practices. But Elon Musk bought Twitter and opened it up to be a free speech platform, so you got to get him on something. you got to stop him somehow. And in this case, Claudine Gay, president of Harvard, as much as I think she's a terrible person and maybe did plagiarize, I don't even know or care because this isn't what it's about, refused to adequately condemn statements made by Harvard protesters. I mean, it's just the song and dance going on here is so bizarre. So bizarre. 
especially as they, in this article alone, spread anti-white misinformation in an attempt to portray what's going on to Claudine Gay as somehow right-wing Christian Trump supporter white people who are responsible for this. It's just like, okay. Christopher Rufo, it says in this article, a conservative activist who helped orchestrate the effort celebrated her departure as a win in his campaign against elite institution of uh, elite institutions of higher education on X, formerly Twitter. He wrote, quote, scalped as if gay was a trophy of violence, invoking a gruesome practice taken up by white colonists who sought to eradicate Native Americans. You get what I'm, you get what I'm trying to see? like. Do you see what they're doing? Do you get how this looks to anybody that is aware of what's actually going on? Again, this has absolutely nothing to do with her being anti-white. This has nothing to do with a conservative push, except I guess that Rufo sort of saw this as an opening or an opportunity to push the deplatforming that was going to happen anyway because she wasn't sufficiently Zionist. So because like th- this is, I guess, a if you wanted to say like a Zionist weapon against colleges, this new, this new weapon, they say conservative. It's not really conservative because it has nothing to do with her unconservative ideas. Because she had those when she was appointed to Harvard. She had those for years while she was president of Harvard. She faced protests from right-wingers and everybody else for years. It didn't matter. Nothing actually happened. So then she refuses to silence anti-Zionist protesters. So she gets targeted and ousted and subject to harassment and, and elimination campaign and then that campaign is then blamed on white people being racist okay great and then on top of that i just thought i thought it was a strange way to talk about scalping a gruesome practice taken up by white colonists who sought to eradicate native americans as if that was ever a goal of of white settlers but of course we have it's you know it's just it's like the blood libel is just so casual now <laughs> just just toss it out there but i just googled just like history of scalping and of course just like i thought i remembered native americans in the southeast took scalps to achieve the status of warrior and placate the spirits of the dead while most most members of northeastern tribes valued the taking of captives over scalps Amongst plain Indians, scalps were taken for war honors, often from live victims. This isn't something that white colonists did in an effort to genocide the Native Americans. It's something that white colonists picked up from Native Americans who invented and practiced scalping as a sort of way to collect war trophies. But you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that in AP News. 
right? A, a truthful sentence would go something like, on X, formerly Twitter, he wrote, scalped as if gay was a trophy of violence invoking a gruesome practice of the Native Americans as they sought to kill each other in endless wars of territorial dispute. They're not going to say they're not going to say that, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Rufo goes on to say we must uh, we, we must not stop until we have abolished DEI ideology from every institution in America, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing. You got rid of Claudine Gay. Has that done any damage to DEI? No, not even in the slightest, actually. And again, we can go into some more way as articles are portraying this. New York Times, how a proxy fight over campus politics brought down Harvard's president. Again, like we all washed it. I don't, I don't. And it, it's weird because it's, it's conservatives that are like giving them these talking points, right? Liz Wheeler, a crushing loss to DEI, wokeism, anti-Semitism, and university elitism, wrote the conservative commenter Liz Wheeler. So this is Zionist scalp the Harvard president for not cracking down on free speech on campus. Then conservatives go and take credit for it. And then all of these other news outlets point to those statements and say, see, this was a conservative movement who got her fired for being black. And it's just so nonsense. And of course, her replacement, Alan Garber, who's been named the interim president, is a, is a Jewish man uh, who is fully in favor of DEI, who is in no way less committed to socialist ideals and anti-whiteism than Claudine Gay was. So there's actually been no development in that regard. He's just been replaced by somebody that believes everything she believed, but is also a Zionist. Great victory. Bodies is back. The ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredients in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system, so if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease. In trauma-based mind control, trauma is used to hack into the mind and body's defense systems in order to train a person's behavior. This is accomplished in three steps. In step one, the victim's identity is destroyed. This is achieved by depriving the victim of their basic needs and inflicting pain upon them until they become exhausted, confused, and disoriented. In this state, they no longer trust themselves and become receptive to guidance from an outside authority. Step two, through a strict system of rewards and punishments, the victim is imprinted with a new identity. The new identity is trained to self-isolate 
by having it denounce everything associated with the previous identity. And finally, with step three, through the continued use of trauma, the rebuilding of the victim's new self is crafted and maintained however the mind controller chooses. For this to work, the subject must remain oblivious to the fact that they are being trained. This is accomplished by keeping them in a helpless victim state of mind with the use of trauma. The entire method requires regular ritualistic abuse to keep the target in the victim state. Declassified documents show how drugs and sensory overload are used to inflict trauma upon the public. But high-level slaves are often procured from families with an established history of child abuse. Intergenerational or multi-generational trauma abuse is when a person abuses their child and that child grows up to abuse their child and that person grows up to abuse their child and so on. This increases a person's susceptibility to trauma-based mind control. Experiments with mice have shown that the offspring of a traumatized pregnant mother are born depressed and exhibit problems socializing with others. A nurturing upbringing by a healthy surrogate mother did not reverse the abnormal behaviors, indicating an in utero transformation of the brain. And bioinformatic analysis revealed long-lasting alterations in the DNA. This is why the CIA is known for targeting children from families of multi-generational child abuse. They are easier to mind control. This is why world leaders are all from the same bloodlines. This brutal technique has been used and understood for centuries. And if a group of people vying for power wanted a loyal army of soldiers, the easiest way would be by breeding them. And the evidence shows that this is how our society was created. From the middle of the 19th century and well into the next, hundreds of thousands of orphans were distributed and sold in the United States and millions worldwide. They were advertised, delivered by train, and sold at fairs. In America, these orphans were being managed and distributed by a private organization from Britain known as the Odd Fellows, many of whom were orphans themselves. The ancient Order of Oddfellows is an international fraternity whose members, such as Albert Pike and several U.S. presidents during the orphan train years, were often members of Freemasonic lodges as well. With their first official lodge in the United States established in 1819, the Oddfellows are officially committed to educating orphans, but they seem to have been procuring them and breeding them as well. The Oddfellows' first female chapter the Daughters of Rebecca, was founded right before the orphan trains began, and a depiction of their work shows hints of mass breeding and surrogate motherhood. They worked closely with the Oddfellows at large institutions known as orphan asylums and foundling asylums, where many members themselves were born. The Rothschild banking dynasty provided funding for several of these orphan asylums. According to Philip Eugene de Rothschild, the family has privately bred over 100,000 offspring, including Adolf Hitler. This is why pedophilia is so prevalent among the families of world leaders. While it is used for extortion, its primary function is for trauma-based mind control. Because to the mind controller, trauma equals transformation. And there is nothing more traumatizing to a person than pedophilia. If you had a million mind control slaves placed in positions of power, then you could control entire nations. 
but only if the masses were also kept in a relative state of trauma. Greg Reese reporting. Share now, Bandot Video, trauma-based mind control. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about rigged elections. The fact that the previous election was rigged and that they are currently in front of everybody rigging the next one out in the open blatantly in an obvious fashion and we could get into the effort to eject trump from uh, the ballot staying place already happened in colorado it's happened now in maine and there's about 20 other states that are attempting to do this and how again i mean just on top of the lawfare right on top of the other attacks against Trump, it's just another thing. And it's just like this can't be allowed to go on. It just can't. We just can't let this continue. This is not how a republic or a democracy works. It is an impossible standard to require that any outsider who wants to be a politician, anybody who is not brought up through the ranks by the establishment should be subjected to a whole swath of legal challenges throughout the entire, I mean, from Russiagate and the Spygate scandal to the Mueller investigation, et cetera, et cetera. And then on to afterwards, January 6th and the impeachments and the treason trial and the Insurrection charges that he was acquitted of, but is now being used to justify his being removed from the ballot in just just blatant, just obvious, blatant, egregious violation of due process. It just couldn't be more obvious. And even if he's cleared on all of these, it's still not acceptable. You still can't have a system that attacks its enemies from a thousand different directions with a hundred different excuses, each more thinly veiled than the last. Because you understand now, every one of these states that chooses to remove Trump from a ballot based on a charge for which he was acquitted in a trial, in other words, they are just unilaterally declaring him guilty of a charge without allowing him to defend himself and in opposition and and violation of the previous time he was actually tried with it and was actually allowed to put on a defense and did actually get acquitted from it. But for every one of these states, he's got to now mount a defense. He's got to now hire lawyers and file petitions, and get it to the Supreme Court, make arguments there and hope it gets through there. I mean, it's impossible. It's an impossible standard to have to reach. And it's just exactly the same playbook that they're running with Elon Musk. They don't want him opening up X to free speech. They don't want him giving oxygen to fires that they would rather go out, discussions they would rather people not have. 
And so they attack him a million different other ways. You can't just ignore him. Right? You can't just go, ah, well, DOJ's full of crap. I'm going to ignore it. No, they'll shut his business down. They'll confiscate his material wealth. They'll throw him in prison. Like, you have to confront this. So for every one of these states, they aren't giving Trump a chance to defend himself before they make the decision. They're just making the decision unilaterally, like tyrants, like dictators. And this is if – you, if you boil, like, Western civilization down – to one thing it's trial by jury that's sort of the supreme accomplishment of western civilization's continuing arc towards liberty and out of the quagmire out of the suffocation of tyranny it's been a long and difficult process over centuries from the magna carta to the mayflower compact like every step of the way we've had to try to establish some mechanism by which human beings are free from the arbitrary and capricious exercise of power from other human beings and at the core of this is the jury of your peers and the right to a public trial without these things we are no better than nazi germany or bolshevik russia but that's what's going away now it's what's being stolen from us that's what's being robbed from us and even if they don't succeed even if trump gets Back on the ballot by defeating it at the Supreme Court. And he may. And if he does, I mean, he's the only one that is capable of doing that. He's the only only one with the both grassroots groundswell support and the money to actually mount defenses in every one of these states where this is done. It's just this is intolerable. This cannot be allowed. Of course, they're doing it under the guise of saving democracy because – They really can't help themselves. They really have to go full Orwell every time. When it's just obvious, this is just the exercise of illegitimate power. They're accruing to themselves, and we'll get into just what the Democrats are willing to destroy in the pursuit of this power to make an example out of Trump. Yeah, the Democrats are doing it this time, but the Republicans are complicit in this. They've allowed this to go on the entire time. They've done nothing equivalent in return. There's been no tit for tat. The only thing that's happened is finger wagging and warning about the dangerous precedent this sets as if the Democrats are stupid, as if they think as if the Democrats are going to sit there and go, God, gee, you know, they're right. If we do this, then what's to stop them from doing it to us? Well, because they never do it to you because nothing is ever done. Even when the precedent is set. See, they do things without the president being set. They just do it. No president, no right. Complete abject violation of not just our laws as written out verbatim by the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law as well. The underlying principles are being just eviscerated, violated to an incomprehensible degree. So they just do it without the president. Then they set the precedent. And Republicans still don't do anything, still don't pick up that precedent and then show them, you know, fulfill the threat. So Democrats just routinely call the bluff of Republicans. Go, you better not do this or else we might do it to you. Democrats go, no, you won't. And they do it. And Republicans go, yeah, you're right. We're not going to do it. (laughs) Infuriating. But that's how they're rigging the next election. 
right in front of us, out in the open, not even trying to hide it. They're just doing it. But why wouldn't they? They literally did it before. And again, you don't have to speculate. You can make, and we have made the case for how the 2020 election was stolen in front of everybody's eyes in an obvious way through mail-in ballots, through the illegal implementation of so-called emergency measures that destroyed the ability for anybody to determine whether or not the election was stolen. If you're just sending out mass numbers of ballots to anybody and have absolutely no method of determining whether or not a ballot is legitimate or not, but you just count all of them, that's a stolen election. Like the, the outcome of that election cannot be considered legitimate, even in the absence of hard proof that it was stolen. You can't, you can't say that it wasn't. It is impossible to say that it wasn't stolen because of the things that they did out in the open. Again, not speculation, just the say laws that they passed, but they weren't actually laws and they didn't actually pass them. Just the measures that they imposed on everybody that were blatantly unconstitutional, blatantly rigged the election. And we'll go through a list here from Gateway Pundit. It is a sizable one of just some of the election fraud that took place in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Again, none of it's speculation. None of it having to do with internet servers in China or Italy. Just the way that the Democrats, like they're doing right now in front of all of us by kicking Trump off the ballot during COVID, they simply, by fiat and without justification or precedent in law, rigged the election in front of everybody. And they wrote articles about how they did it. Someone needs to be punished for this. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. I only encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. 
but I can't fight this fight without you. And that's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the American Journal Infowars.com band.video. This article from Gateway Pundit details a post by President Trump on Truth Social, where he laid out evidence of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Just acknowledged, in fact, I'll read the statement from Trump because he goes over exactly where this information comes from. Then we'll go over some of the more damning points of this article. Wiscut, the article. Title is Wisconsin and Pennsylvania highlights from explosive summary of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election in the swing states. Earlier today, President Trump truthed out an all-exclusive summary report of the 2020 election and anomalies and discrepancies in the six key swing states. Earlier today, the Gateway Pundit published an article highlighting some of the key takeaways from Georgia as well. Donald Trump said this, page one, summary of election fraud in the 2020 presidential election in the swing states. I'm pleased to share a report that is fully verified. Most of the information was gotten from government sources, tapes, and other public records and compiled by the most highly qualified election experts in the country. These numbers are determinative and in all cases are hundreds of thousands of votes per swing state, more than I needed to win that state. If the Republican Senate does not step forward and address this atrocity, it will happen again and be virtually impossible for Republicans to win elections in the future. Here they focus on Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. The 32-page anonymous report can be found and read in its entirety at the uh, bottom of the article. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that drop boxes are illegal under Wisconsin law in a 4-3 to decision issued in July 2022. Wow. But they did it, didn't they? And it was always known to be illegal. It was all, they always did it in an extra-legal fashion. Nobody knew this. We talked about it at the time that it was happening. But they just did it. Nobody stopped them. Wisconsin Election Commissioner Megan Wolf unilaterally declared ballot drop boxes could be used to vote in the 2020 election, even though WEC's commissioners never voted to adopt this memo. Again, you just get one person, get the election commissioner, just unilaterally just decide, just appropriate for themselves the power to universally change the electoral system in a way that was done haphazardly without foresight or any sort of mechanism to ensure that the changes wouldn't decrease election security. None of those things were done. No discussion was had. They just one day decided, yeah, we're going to have drop boxes. Anybody can drop them off. No voter ID clarification, no law whatsoever that can guarantee that the votes being counted are the legitimate ones being cast. It's nothing of the sort. They just did it. They just did it. Okay. None of this is speculation. Again, none of it is. It's just, they just did it right out in front of everybody. In the city of Milwaukee, nearly half of its votes were cast by mail, totaling 217,424 ballots. The city deployed 15 drop boxes with election officials claiming that the drop boxes would be under 24 hour surveillance. However, 
After the election, not a single municipality in the country or in the county produced video surveillance of drop boxes in response to open records requests. So again, they just unilaterally say, yeah, drop boxes are going to be allowed now. No, no voter. You know, you don't have to show up on the day of. You don't have to prove you're the one voting. You know, you don't have to prove that the elect that the ballot was even sent to you. If you happen to find one in somebody else's mailbox and send it in, there's nothing we can do to confirm or reject that ballot. So they'll just count it. Insane, but that's what they did. And the one thing that they said they were going to do would be like, well, but the drop boxes will be monitored. We'll have surveillance. We'll make sure to surveil it constantly to make sure it's all legit. Then they just didn't even do that. Okay. In 2020, there was a surge of indefinitely confined votes in Wisconsin, resulting in 220,404 votes cast from individuals who were exempted from showing voter ID. So in other words, you still have to show voter ID unless you were listed as indefinitely confined, which again is a carve out. It's an exception to the rules made for people in specific circumstances, circumstances in which they are indefinitely confined. In other words, if they are immobile, they're in an iron lung or something, right? If they are incapable of actually getting to the poll, then we have a little exception, a little carve out. In this rare circumstance, you don't have to show your voter ID. Then they decided that because of COVID, everyone was indefinitely confined, so nobody had to show voter ID. Once again, like they always do, they're taking these aspects of our free and open society that tries to have law with a heart, right? Tries to make laws in a way that takes into account exemptions and and circumstances outside of the norm sort of the beauty of an open western system the same thing they do with asylum right you have this exemption you have this carve out you have this very rare circumstance where hey look if your government is hunting you because of your ethnicity uh, all right we can sort of we can sort of scoot around the immigration process for you because it's an emergency because you'll die if we don't so okay we'll have this thing called asylum, have this thing called refugee status, and it just means that you don't have to go through the process like normal people because of the threat against your life. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a nice thing. We get to be a safe haven for political dissidents around the country, around the world. But then that's taken advantage of, and suddenly everybody's a refugee. Suddenly everybody's indefinitely confined. Suddenly everybody is taking advantage of this thing, which means either we have to not have the nice thing anymore – We have to not have these little carve-outs, not have these little exceptions. We have to rewrite the law to be brutal and unkind to people in unfair circumstances. Or we just have to have a system that is openly taken advantage of and do nothing to prevent it. And it goes through all the numbers, how the number of people who are considered indefinitely confined and don't have to provide an ID rose by nearly 400% in one county alone. 500% in another county, 300% in Milwaukee County, and 300% overall. With 77% of the people listed as indefinitely confined never having been listed as that before. The Wisconsin Election uh, Commission ordered nursing homes to violate the law by not allowing special voting deputies inside their facilities, which led to election fraud where incapacitated elderly residents had vote cast in their name with the assistance of nursing home staff, which actually led in counties Milwaukee, Dane, and Racine to 100% turnout in 
nursing homes. So they sent ballots by the dozens to nursing homes. The people working at the nursing homes filled out those ballots and sent them in. No guarantee at all that the people who they were voting on the behalf of actually wanted the vote cast in that way. The Office of Special Counsel referenced this case and has evidence that this uh, grantee that was funded by CTCL was, quote, directly involved in all aspects of management of election officials, was entrusted with the only set of physical keys uh, to the city's central count location, managed the transportation of ballots, and instructed the counting of unlawful ballots that had arrived to the central count location beyond the lawful time window. So this is talking about uh, Michael Spritzer Rubenstein, a former Democratic Party operative who served as the de facto elections administrator and basically had total access to all of the absentee ballots before the election and had the choice as to whether or not to count those ballots. And he decided pretty much arbitrarily to do so, even if they were cast outside of the lawful window, meaning it was a violation of the law, meaning that the vote was rigged, meaning that the votes cast were not valid, were not legal should not have been counted and the number of them shows they had a massive effect in the outcome of the nationwide election january 2024 is here and that means up to 60 percent off at infowarstore.com free shipping and double patriot points this is one of the biggest deals of the year and it supports the infowar and we're selling out a lot of these products it'll be months and months till more are back in stock whether it's books films t-shirts you name it you need to go to infowarstore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 new year sale double patriot points free shipping and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists, and Launch the Next Great Renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless, and we're going into 2024 together. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Is, uh, folks, continuing on our report of just how blatantly the election in 2020 was stolen, how they're doing it. Again, in 2024, even more egregious degree. In Wisconsin, you have not just drop boxes, which were illegal, being implemented without any security protocols whatsoever to ensure that they weren't abused or facilitated voter fraud including a lie about it being surveilled and the drop boxes themselves were deemed illegal by the Supreme court because obviously <laughs> it's like uh, to all to change the election laws, you have to go through the uh, Wisconsin election commission. Okay. Well, did you do that? No. All right. Well then it's illegal. The process is you take a vote, you debate it, you do it publicly, you implement it, making sure that there's guarantees and security protocols that prevent exploitation of these new laws instead what they did was some lady said actually drop boxes are cool now and then that was it so you didn't do the didn't do the process it's illegal it's just really not that complicated at all 
But in addition to that, you had these supposedly indefinitely confined votes, which means that voter ID was not required, despite the fact that the people who were indefinitely confined did not fit that description normally and as one would expect under the rules, but rather they were told to call themselves indefinitely confined in order to not provide voter ID. Literally. Scott McDonnell, the Democrat clerk of Dane County, which encompasses the area of Madison, told all residents that they could identify themselves as indefinitely confined because of COVID, specifically citing it as a way to get around the voter ID law. Like literal, I'm not just saying it like, this is, they actually told people you don't want to provide your voter ID, call yourself indefinitely confined because, you know, COVID. OK. But then in addition to that, you have this guy, Michael Spritzer Rubenstein, a former Democratic Party operative who apparently was just the de facto elections administrator who had access to all of Green Bay's absentee ballots days before the election. He was directly involved in all aspects and management of the election uh, officials entrusted with the only set of physical keys to the city's central count location, managed the transportation of ballots, and instructed the counting of unlawful ballots that had arrived at the central count location beyond the lot lawful time window. Again, how do you how do you make changes to the election system? You go through the election commission. Did you do that? No, they just did it by fiat. That's illegal. The ballots have to be counted, or they can only be counted if they arrived on or before election day. But they went ahead and counted the ones that arrived after. Totally illegal. They aren't allowed to do that, but they did, and they were counted, and that election was certified. And that's what was being protested on January 6th. Investigator Peter Brenniger disclosed in a Senate hearing last month that the executive director of elections in Milwaukee, Claire, uh, Claire Wodelvog, not only returned, a, returned to grab a USB stick left behind, leaving law enforcement suspicious, but also had a huge truckload of ballots arrive long after the polls were closed and while observers were forced out, similar to what happened in Fulton County, Georgia. So once again, you don't – we could, and you can investigate, and I'm, I guarantee you could prove that – what was done when the election watchers, the poll watchers and observers were forced out. I am guarantee if you were to actually investigate it, especially if you had a time machine, like if you could actually go back and have a firsthand view as this was going on, you would definitely see fraud taking place. Even absent that, you don't have to actually prove the fraud took place because you can't because that's what happens when you kick out the observers. When you kick out the observers – None of those votes should be counted because you don't have observers there to say whether they're legitimate or not. So just like they did in Fulton County, Georgia, kick out the observers. They say, we're done counting. No more votes today. You can go home. Observers go home. They bring in a truckload of ballots and count them in the absence of observers. You can't consider those legitimate, even if they are. They can't be considered that because there was no one there to guarantee it. And that's just Wisconsin. All six swing states where this happened that we identified before the election even happened as places where they would do something like this have instances of very similar fraudulent activity. Pennsylvania is another one detailed in this article. Months after the election, there were 121,240 more votes than voters, according to the Pennsylvania Department of State. By law, Pennsylvania cannot certify an election with this type of discrepancy. 120,000 more votes than voters, folks. Need we say more? Well, there's plenty more. Republican lawmakers, led by State Representative Frank Ryan, were tracking the vote discrepancy in real time in the statewide uniform, statewide uniform registry of electors called the SURE system. Ryan, a certified public accountant, 
initially reported that there were more than 170,000 more votes than voters in the presidential race, more than twice the margin of victory in Pennsylvania. Quote, these numbers just don't add up, and the alleged certification of Pennsylvania's presidential election results was absolutely premature, unconfirmed, and in error, the lawmakers said. The Pennsylvania Department of State's office called this obvious misinformation while actually admitting that the only way to determine the number of voters who voted in November from the sure system is through the vote histories, which they said Philadelphia, Allegheny, and other counties had still not completed. So it's an admission that the election was certified without ensuring the number of votes and voters matched in the sure system. So they come out saying this is blatant misinformation. It's like, really? So what's the real information? They're like, well, we've never reported it. Okay, so you have no idea whether this is accurate or not because you failed to do the things that you're legally required to do. Pennsylvania credited 71,893 people for voting who returned mail-in ballots after Election Day, and these individuals were included in voter history files. You've got 50,000 received between November 4th and 6th, 11,570 received between November 7th and 11th, 10,000 received on or after November 12th. Nearly a week after the election was concluded, they were still accepting mail-in votes in total violation of the law. The secretary of state at the time, a man named Brookvar, claimed that only 10,000 ballots were received between the close of polls on Election Day and November 6th. So – he must have underestimated that by, well, a good 500%. And then, of course, that doesn't even include the ones after November 7th, uh, 6th, of which there were also tens of thousands. A lawsuit filed in Delaware County revealed video evidence of election officials discussing destroying election evidence from the November 2020 election. It's a felony, one official says, after talking about the need to get rid of voting pads and second scanners, not to mention U.S. P.S. contracted trucker Jesse Morgan reported that his trailer disappeared while transporting 24 pallets of completed ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. Estimates claim the 24 pallets could contain between 130 and 280,000 ballots. But again, this is just this is what happened, right? They they just completely violated every possible control in place to prevent election fraud. You're supposed to have a chain of custody for all of the steps that a ballot passes through, and it was just violated as a matter of routine. And this guy's delivering a pallet of trucks, 130,000 ballots, delivering it, by the way, from one state to another. That's illegal. And then he was just, the his truck was just gone. It was just like stolen. It was just, just disappeared. Just all of those votes, don't know where they went, don't know if they were counted, don't know if they were legitimate. It was just done. It was just done out in the open. They have a whole other article about this on Gateway Pundit, all in one place. President Trump truths out summary report on all swing states. The Georgia highlights here. Fulton County, Georgia, most populous county in the state, has no digital record of all persons, uh, person votes cast in original results. Not a single ballot purportedly cast during the early in-person voting was witnessed to and signed off by poll managers as required by Georgia election rules. Seals were broken and memory cards removed from tabulators for the results of these 315,000 votes, which were printed out on different machines than the ones that tabulated them. Ballot images of the votes were destroyed along with the rest of in-person ballots cast on Election Day. Those are also destroyed. Fulton County did not count the same ballots during the original count as the machine recount. There are nearly 20,000 distinct ballots that appear on one machine count and not another. And it just goes on and on and on. So not only do we have to 
actually litigate this from 2020. But of course, the challenges to a free and fair election in 2024 are even more massive and disturbing and illegal. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. January 2024 is here, and that means up to 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com, free shipping and double Patriot points. This is one of the biggest deals of the year, and it supports the InfoWar. And we're selling out a lot of these products, and it'll be months and months till more are back in stock. Whether it's books, films, t-shirts, you name it, you need to go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 New Year's sale, double Patriot points, free shipping, and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists, and Launch the Next Great Renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless, and we're going into 2024 together. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go ahead and give out the phone number now. If you would like to call in, we'll be taking your calls throughout the final hour of today's broadcast. The number to dial is 1 789 That's 1 789-2539 now taking your calls still a lot to cover we're going to get into the invasion uh, some of the developments in Israel we are going to continue to talk about uh, voter fraud in this segment not just voter fraud but election rigging in a variety of different ways but I want your calls about 2024 what are going to be the big challenges and what do we need to be focusing on in 2024 to achieve victory this will be a decisive year for the fate of humanity how is our energy best employed that's the question i want you to answer one 789 2539 also of course help keep Infowars on air throughout this ultimately important year for the fate of the human race go to infowarsstore.com to keep us on the air and in the fight. Again, we are just now breaking through the huge number of attacks that we've been under the last few years, achieving victory 
at an unprecedented rate, and we need your help to continue this fight. Infowarsstore.com is how you provide that help with the mega super sale that's on now. You're getting up to 60% off, plus double Patriot points and free shipping on just about every product in the store, including some new really bombshell products and the old classics like Survival Shield X2, which is so immensely popular and may very well be selling out soon. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com to get a fantastic product. It's Down and Out, or DNA Force Plus, or Vitamin D3 on huge discount, plus free shipping, double Patriot points. It's the super mega sale at InfoWarsStore.com. It'll only go on for a few more days, so go now. Get the massive discount, get the incredible product, and rest easy knowing that you are supporting the most despised outlet from the worst people in the world. Now, there is a there's some good news here in terms of fighting back against voter fraud. True the Vote wins intimidation case over Georgia voter challenges, and this is especially important in a video you know, in relation to a video we're about to go to. But here's the ruling yesterday. A federal judge ruled Tuesday in favor of the conservative group True the Vote, deciding that mass challenges of Georgia's voter eligibility did not amount to illegal voter intimidation. This was the, this is the attempt that they were making to essentially say that asking that votes be legitimate amounts to voter intimidation. Saying people should have voter ID was somehow being construed or portrayed as a racist attempt to stop black people from voting. Absurd, nonsense, ridiculous. And that's been borne out by the results of this uh, decision. U.S. District Judge Steve Jones wrote in a 145-page order that there was insufficient evidence that true the vote tried to threaten or coerce voters. Jones's ruling is a defeat for Fair Fight Action, a voting rights group founded by Democrat Stacey Abrams that was the lead plaintiff in the case. They alleged that True the Vote and its allies violated the Voting Rights Act when they challenged the eligibility of a quarter million Georgia votes before runoffs that decided control of the U.S. Senate in early 2021. County election boards rejected the vast majority of the voter challenges. Quote, not only have plaintiffs failed to overcome the fact that their actions did not result in any direct voter contact or alone include or direct county boards or elections to pursue eligibility inquiry, but there's no evidence that the defendant's actions caused or even attempted to cause any voter to be intimidated, coerced, or threatened in voting. Again, obviously. The founder of True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht, called the ruling, quote, a resounding vindication in an email to supporters, saying, quote, today's ruling sends a clear message to those who would attempt to control the course of our nation through lawfare and intimidation. American citizens will not be silenced. So that's some good news. That's a moderate amount of good news. And, of course, this whole attempt to stop true the vote from trying to true the vote, trying to actually have a voting process that we can trust and rely on, is being led by Mark Elias and the Biden Department of Justice. A federal court, uh, federal court in the Northern District of Georgia today affirmed the citizens have the right to lawfully petition their government in support of election integrity without fear of persecution or prosecution. In a resounding vindication, TTV successfully defended its actions of, defem- of December 2020, aiding Georgia citizens in filing elector challenges based on data showing over 364,000 voters appeared to be il- ineligible to vote due to change in residency. 
So again, that, and that's what this was. You know, this is a good way to put it. This article from truthevote.com saying that it's affirmed the rights of citizens to lawfully petition the government in support of election integrity because that's what they're attempting to prevent you from doing. That if you think that your election integrity is being violated, that the election is being run in an ineligible and illegal way, they want you to think that by challenging the election system, by pointing out that it's being done illegally, you'll be charged with voter intimidation and punished, perhaps jailed under the new safe laws or whatever, face laws, these new laws they have in place similar to the ones where you get arrested if you're protesting outside of an abortion clinic if you try to express your first amendment right of petitioning the government for redress of grievances you should not then be punished and condemned and charged with violating the voter rights act it's ridiculous but that's what they're doing court rules absentee ballots with uh yeah this is a Another development, but a negative one in this case. Court rules absentee ballots with minor problems are okay to count. Wisconsin election clerks can accept absentee ballots that contain minor errors, such as missing uh, missing portions of witness addresses, a court ruled Tuesday, in a legal fight that has pitted conservatives against liberals in the battleground state. Dane County Circuit Court ruled in favor of the League of Women Voters in Wisconsin in its lawsuit to clarify voting rights protections for voters who absentee ballots have minor errors in listing witnesses' addresses. The ruling means that absentee ballots with certain technical and witness address defects will not be rejected in future elections, the League said. Why should why should information on ballots be complete or accurate? Just ridiculous. I mean, they're just but again, they're just doing it. They're just doing it. And what is it, Matt? You pointed out to me that this also has to do with the uh, signatures. Matt stepped out, but uh, this is this is a brand new article. I haven't had time to read it because uh, it was just delivered to me. It just broke here, and I know it has. There's something to do with. Uh, the signatures don't have to match either. So we've got a positive development in Georgia where they say, yes, you are allowed to actually question the election without being condemned as violating the civil rights of your fellow Americans, but a negative outcome to this court ruling in uh, Wisconsin where they basically say, yeah, your ballot doesn't have to be accurate or complete. We'll be able to count it anyway. Incredible. And, of course, this is important when it comes to the decisions being made by random women in Maine to kick Trump off the ballot. We can go down to clip number six. Maine Secretary of State Shinna Bellows explains why she, trumped, uh, why she blocked Trump from the primary ballot, and it all has to do with claims similar to the one that was just defeated in Georgia, claiming that somehow by requesting a legitimate election process uh, you are violating the civil rights of black people makes no sense but that was integral to her decision to removing trump from the ballot she explains here i qualify donald trump for the ballot but under main law any registered voter can bring a challenge and that's in fact what happened there were three challenges one of those challenges was brought by two former republican state senators and a former democratic state senator And I was required by the law to hold a hearing within five days and then to issue a decision. This is something that I did not choose to do, but that I was obligated to do under main law and the Constitution. 
this is not a criminal matter. And Section 3 of the 14th Amendment uh, does not require a conviction. That definitely makes it a more complex and close question, as I acknowledged in my decision. It was not a close call on the question of whether January 6th, 2021, was an insurrection. So she just got to decide. We'll show you that I, I, there's a different clip I want to show you of the, where they talk about how this all started with the ACLU and the SPLC and the similar claims being made like the George outcome here. But I guess that's the precedence now. I guess we can just take that. All right, well, there's no question to me that 2020 Black Lives Matter was an insurrection. So I guess anybody that supported that is now guilty of aiding and abetting an insurrection and can be removed from the ballot. I mean, I guess if there's no standard, if there's no actual thing you have to decide and provide evidence for your decision, they're just they're just doing it. So let's just do it. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com.